0: Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. or we'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. So I was actually meant to be here back in February, I reckon, um, but I pulled out. We had a little, we got caught up in Lamaru with the wave that's sweeping the country. <laughs> we had to have a little bit of a break, so um, blessed are the flexible, they will not break. So we had to just uh, make a few different adjustments. So we're getting used to that, aren't we, doing things differently. If we're learning anything, it's to uh, be prepared to be flexible in what we do. So so it's a great pleasure to be here, as I've say so many times, Um this certainly is home for us, it's a part of our our, our wider church family, we really appreciate the chance to be here and be with you guys and begin to do some things and see some things happen in Christ in this place. Um, So last time I was preparing, I was actually going to speak on First Things First, but um, uh, in March, we're probably, that window's shut, we might have to try something different this morning. Um, Let me pray before I start to flap my chops too much. Father God, I just pray that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, yeah, I have laid down the first things first message. Um, so, so many times in Scripture, God refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And so it really resonates with me and it has always resonated with me as we've done the journey of faith because it speaks of the generations, speaks of the value of every generation from old to young in what we do in church, and that's really important to, to me, and I know it's really important to this church family as well that we do that. Uh, we hear a lot about Abraham and Jacob in the Bible. We certainly hear plenty about that, but not so much about Isaac. He was, scripture says he's both a blessing to his father and to his son. It was that miraculous gift to Abraham, and he passed that blessing on to Jacob. But uh, the Scripture records that his faithfulness and obedience to God so he saw him prosper, saw his faithfulness and he saw him prosper. Um, so I want to just reflect on his story. We're going to read Genesis 26, 12 to 25. It's a, it's a big wad of scripture, but it's really simply a story to establish um, Isaac's journey. So reading from 12 to 25, it says, Isaac planted crops in that land then the same year reaped a hundredfold because he was, the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father, Abraham, the Philistines stopped up and filled them with earth, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham had died. He gave them the same names as his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug the valley in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarrelled with those of Isaac and said, "This water is ours." So he named the well Essek, because they disputed with him. They dug another well, but they quarrelled over the, that one also. So he named that Sitnah. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarrelled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. From there he went to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. And verse 25 says Isaac built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. So, my title and my theme for this morning is Altars, Tents, and Wells. Why did Isaac flourish? in faithfulness and obedience, what does that look like for us as people of faith as we do the journey? How does it apply to us as we seek to pass on the blessings that God has given us, that that great gift of grace that Andrew spoke to us about, how do we pass it on to the people that surround us? How do we do that? First things first. (laughs) He built an altar. All to speak to us of sacrifice and worship, the world Hebrew word altar by definition is a place of sacrifice of killing, and secondly, a place of offering up a, of worship to God, of calling upon the name of the Lord. As Isaiah I did, he called upon the name of the Lord. to speak to us of the divine intervention or interruption of God. Those moments when it could only have been God at work in your life. Those moments when we understand that there's no other way that things could have, been, could have gone the way that they've gone. I shared with the guys. Yesterday at the men's breakfast, about the time that our home caught fire, but and yet at that moment was miraculously the fire was miraculously put out. And uh, that, um, as I testified that day, that simply could have not been done by anything else except a, mirror, a miraculous act of God's hand in that natural moment. And that sticks in my mind, and that's the thing that sticks as I do the journey that it impacts my journey it, it, when those moments come of. Of challenge of other circumstances, I look back to that faith. We talked about the goodness of God. We sang about that. That comes back to my mind. The scripture in Revelation that talks about we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of of our testimony. Grab hold of those moments. Build an altar. Build a memorial to that point when God revealed things to you. They speak of a change, or a change of direction, a change of season, a change of position. When the Israelites crossed over, they placed twelve stones as a memorial in the river, as a revelation to God. Jacob's ladder. Jacob made a stone a pillow, but then he, he anointed that stone as a point of revelation to him. A prophetic moment. If we go back to the scripture that we, the, the water of scripture that we waded there through way before, it said in that 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 night the Lord appeared to him, Isaac, and said. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. A point of prophetic, a point where God speaks into our life and, and speaks life, speaks over, that. we spoke, prayed this morning, about looking over the horizon. He speaks into the prophetic, the things that have come for us. We need to build an altar to remember that, some memorial stones. The tents. That's good. I left Daniel to work out what the tent was going to be, and the, the pictures. So I wanted to have a quick look. Thanks, Daniel, for your work. So tents. Tents speak to us of temporary dwellings, of of of, of uh, camping. We all love camping, don't we? No. No, I like my shower, and my toilet. I like just be able to... the ensuite. Camping with an ensuite is ideal. Ideal, schmicko. See, I know that's going to divide the camp already. I can see some people are coming with me, some are staying. Yeah, it speaks of pilgrimage to me of being in a different place. In First Peter one, as he describes himself, he says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims, to the temporary residents of the dispersion of Pontius Galatia." Cappadocia, Asia, and beyond. Agent, the, the scriptures and the the uh, other versions of the scripture talk about um, the people of God as being aliens, as being strangers, being sojourners, people who are living as foreigners in a strange land, those living as refugees. It speaks to me also of the temporary nature of our physical bodies. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1, the New Trilingual Translation, it says, For we know that when this earthly tent that we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. That's awesome, from a tent to a home, to a house. I'm excited about that prospect of having... That home, that permanent home, with all the bells and whistles. Psalm 84 says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping for those difficult moments, it will be a place. It become a place of refreshing springs. And people people have spoken to me about those tears cried. Water the ground and bring refreshing in that place. But it's a place that we pass through, not a place to dwell and stay. Tents speak to me about the willingness to be led by the Spirit, being prepared to move, but to be ready to change addresses at a moment's notice, to be in a different place. And like I said it's a physical picture, but it applies, I really believe, just as significantly to our attitudes and our opinions as we do life on the journey. And I'm not saying that we should be steadfast. In our faith journey, this, you know, the scripture says that God never changes, but it also says he is always on the move, always on the move. Hebrews 11, verse 8 to 10. This is a great scripture. It's by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> Who likes to know where they're going? I surely do. That's why I've got my wonderful wife to navigate when we go journeying. Actually, that's why I've got a GPS, isn't it, (laughs) bud? GPS has saved their marriage, I believe. (laughs) That scripture goes on to say, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, As in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's again that picture of going from a tent to a home, to a home built by God. Romans 8.14 says, For as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Be ready to change at a moment's notice. Tents speak to me about the dwelling place of of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We understand that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Exodus 33, 7, it speaks about that. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which is outside the camp. Out to the tent set outside the camp. Away from the comings and goings and the busyness of life. As I said, has anyone sort of been overwhelmed by 2022? Has it, has it, have you felt like, um, as I said before, we've, it should still be January or at the very least the first week in February? Yeah, the busyness of life. And we so easy, I, I am so easily distracted by the business of life. The things that are wood, hay and stubble, things that aren't necessarily important. In the eternal space I'm, I continue to be so easily distracted by that my challenge and a challenge for us all I believe is to get outside the camp and find that space to be still to be still and know Run the video, Daniel. How about that. Thank you. What a great sight that is for a mallee farmer. That was our new well that we we dug uh, late last year. Didn't we, Barb? we we um, put a new bore on our property, and that was a video sent to us by our board driller, to show us that there was actually water in the hole. Wasn't that kind of him? Um, so as most of you know and are aware of it, that we are Mallee people. We are people from the edge of the border near Pinaroo. And we don't have a beautiful river that we can walk down to and walk along and enjoy the green grass and see the birds. It's a, it's a different place, it's a place of beauty. We love the Mallee, we love it but it's a different place and we actually do have an ocean. You guys have got a river, we have an ocean where we are, but it's 60 metres under our feet. Wherever we go, we are only no more than 60 metres from an ocean of water, an ocean of water beyond whatever you've got in your little Murray River that runs through Murray Bridge. I've always captured my imagination I reflected on Like when our forefathers, when my forefathers or the settlers came to our region in the Mallee and uh, with no surface water, no access to water whatsoever, and said, Well, let's dig a hole. There must be down somewhere, there must be water down there. Let's begin to dig a well. And that's what they did. They started to dig that well. And my mind goes to what that would have been like. So you're digging the hole, so you get to 10 metres, no sign of any water. 20 metres, still no sign of any water what do you do? You've got to keep digging 30, 40, 50 metres and then that's 60 metres they found that they're looking for. Now that's, I mean for me it's a testament to their bravery for a start and their persistence and it's a great picture for us as people of faith, which we'll talk, I want to talk about later, of coming together for a common cause to, to, to seek out those things of, of, of that refreshing but I'm just amazed by that process of, of what the hell I actually thought. I guess I figured everywhere else they dug a hole, they found water. So I guess if they figured they'd just kept going, they'd find it. That well, but yeah, well, speak to me of seeking the Lord and walking in His refreshing. That's a, that's, a, that's where I really want to land this morning, and that's what I really want to talk about. Those the the, the well. Um, Remember the woman at the well, John 4, 6. Now, John, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. Sat by the well with the expectation that refreshing will come. Jesus, is the, Jesus again, in this situation, I believe, is the pattern for us to place ourselves at the well with the expectation, that, that, with our faith, that refreshing will come. Will come. Wells need to be kept clean, or maintained, or we risk uh, contamination and a loss of supply. In Proverbs, I didn't put the the, uh, reference of this, this is out of Proverbs, you've got to trust me. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the wellspring of life. And in Young's literal translation says this, Above every charge keep thy heart, for out of it are the outgoings of life. Of life, I think that's a great, great way, a great phrase, turn of phrase to describe it. The things that come out of us, that our heart—it's really important to guard that because what comes out of us, what everything that we do, uh, is determined by that. So keep your heart, guard your heart, keep your heart clean. Number three, wells need to be reopened. Just. As we speak about in the natural, that's we saw Isaac doing that, going out and digging out those wells that the Philistines had stopped up, that were dug by his father Abraham. So, same in the Spirit. Can I encourage you that we need to? I believe that we need to re-establish the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That first love, that moment of first revelation of Jesus. Remember that first moment when you you were saved, and that you just had that incredible love, and you want to tell every person that you met about the life-changing transformation that's happened in you, and encourage them to be a part of that. I'm a lot older than I look, and um, <laughs> so it was a long time ago that I came to faith. And I guess my prayer for us this morning is that that we might just recapture that first love, that first moment when the spirit, the spirit of God, began to act and change our life. But as I said before, we come pretty much. We've got so many things at our fingertips. We don't go camping, do we, Rach? We like to stay where we've got think, where the creature comforts. Are we ready to get in the tent? So we're so reliant that we tend to drift into the flesh and we just drift into that reliance on what we can taste and touch and smell and see. Our reasonings and our resources are not that still small voice speaking to us. Again, in that scripture we just read before, and Isaac dug up, dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up. We need to reopen those wells. Number four: new wells need to be dug. New wells need to be dug. So the the, the little bit of footage I showed you before of that well dug on our property, so that um, cost us. Fifteen thousand dollars? Can you believe that? Fifteen thousand dollars to get that dug, but uh, it, and it's currently just sitting there idle. The, the bore is there, sitting idle, and we're currently running off a uh, a bore hole which was established in nineteen fifty-five, and it continues to faithfully serve us. But why? So, why would I? While I've got this really good bore working right over here, why would I choose to dig another bore and spend fifteen thousand dollars? More water? <laughs> Certainly more. Really, the number is that it's because we can't survive without a well of water. So, if my nineteen fifty-five borehole, which they do sometimes do, just collapses and and gives it away, it took us six months to negotiate to get the board hole drilled and I think it, yeah, it, it can take up to 12 months. So I haven't got six months, I haven't got 12 months to wait at that point to get a new source for my, for our property, for our, for our, for our place. And you can imagine that, we got that picture, If imagine if we lived our lives, if we, if we look at it in the natural, if we relied on the surface water in the place, particularly where we come from, if we relied on what fell out of the sky, the 12 inches or 13 inches of rain which falls out of the sky, we plan to catch that and use it to survive we couldn't do it like we couldn't that's not that we, we we couldn't do that the beautiful gardens that we have the, you know, the thousands of livestock and the incredible industries that that, uh, that thrive in such a dry desert place rely on that underground water it's crucial has anyone ever seen a mob of sheep or cattle or anything that have run out of water anybody seen that no, it's not a pretty picture, is it here, Stuart? It's really quite a challenging thing because they need that water. And we, so that's the reason I dug that hole. I didn't want to see those stock in, or anything in that place. So, where do we need to be employed to dig that well? Well, firstly, as the Church of Christ here in Murray Bridge, we are corporately here to establish a place of refreshment and restoration. We're working here together. As I said before, that picture of digging the early settlers digging that hole in the Mallee, working together to dig that well. And that's, we're called to do that in this place, to dig a well of refreshing, that people might come and understand that transforming grace that Andrew spoke to us about this morning in that beautiful communion message he shared with us working together, being a part of his story, not our story, not not him being a part of our story, us being a part of his story to transform Murray Bridge and beyond. Yeah, I'll take you back to that picture of the early settlers, coming together, digging a well and digging in faith, not knowing the moment of breakthrough. Not knowing, it's like that scripture where, we just, we just don't know that moment of breakthrough. Things are happening. So we have the incredible opportunity to see the Bridge City North campus established. That's a, that's a well being dug in the northern suburbs. And that's the God's called this place to support that and be a part of that and, and establish that. If we reflect back on the words that were shared at Vision Sunday, we weren't here physically, but we watched that online. And we heard that the great um, words spoken about the children and the youth. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, I really believe that that, is a well that we need to continue to dig in this place and continue to establish for for those those precious people might move forward. The community engagement vision, we talked about the hub briefly in the notices, that's another picture, a well of refreshing, refreshing being built to meet physical needs initially, but it's a chance to meet spirit, soul and body. It's a great picture of digging a well, of establishing things in this place. So let's do that. Let's bring what we have in our hand to dig the well, whether it be time, whether it be expertise and gifts, whether it be cash. Let's bring it and begin to dig the well here at Bridge City Church. In our personal lives also, we need to dig wells for our own journey. Why do we need to do that? How long can we last without water? Three days. That's a good answer. I like three days. The three, three, three Three weeks without food. Three days without water. Three minutes without air. So, if you're going to rely on the preacher to carry you through to next Sunday for your water supply, one, two, three. You're going to be in trouble. Simple as that. We need to make that opportunity to dig our own wells of personal devotion, that we might carry, that, that God will carry us through. So let's do that. Let's be faithful in providing the structure for the Spirit to move in and through in our life, because it's always going to be the Holy Spirit that leads us. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that transforms us and empowers us, (coughs) empowers us as we do the journey. So, summarise. Let's round it all up. Let's get some lines, some ducks in a row. Three things: there are altars to build, there are tents to move, and there are wells to dig. They're all just to be built in response to those divine encounters that we talked about that remind us of those moments when God's moved our lives and to provide for us boundary stones and to be prophetic signposts that we look to in those moments when the circumstances don't match don't match what we understand to be. Thanks, Andrew's going to get me a drink of water. He's a champion. And we're called first and foremost to worship, to call upon the name of the Lord. Number two, there are tents to be moved. Simply put, we can't stay in the same place. We're called to move onward and upward into God. Whatever calls us to settle, whatever calls us to stop. Thanks, mate. Better. whatever calls us to settle whatever calls us to stop I believe is counter the call of God he calls us to be ready to pitch our tent to be pilgrims to be sojourners to understand that this is not our home that this is a staging point as we do the journey of life so I just, it's really what's on my heart to understand that and be prepared to make those changes when we're called to do that there are wells to dig and to be maintained in regards to our, our own personal relationship with God that's really important that we, we dig and maintain those wells and corporately here as we, we establish an oasis in this place despite the beautiful river that flows outside an oasis of the spirit of oasis of that grace of God that Andrew again shared in that wonderful communion. The fact that the love of Jesus gives us the might that we gives freely to us the opportunity to have full connection to become adopted. Become sons and daughters of the Most High God. <laughs> That's exciting. So there are wills to do. So I'll leave you with three questions this afternoon. This morning, isn't it? Three questions this morning. Are you willing to build those orders to God in your life and make sacrifices of love, remembering that he made a way for us when there was no way? Are you living your life as a stranger in a foreign land? Are you attuned to that still small voice of the Spirit and ready to redeploy? Or are you feeling pretty settled? Are you digging wells of refreshing in your own personal life? And are you partnering with the body of Christ, his church, to dig those wells of his transforming presence in this community? To so them are three questions. But be encouraged again, as Andrew shared that great message, that it's not about our gifts or abilities or our worthiness or what we're good enough or not good enough. It's simply by the grace of God. It's not by power or by might. It's by the Spirit of God acting in our life that things change. We need to be willing. He calls us to be willing and prepared to do that. So that's my prayer for you this morning, that you simply embrace and be willing to be led by the Spirit of God this morning. Let me pray for you as we finish. Father God, just come. So thankful for that picture, <coughs> that picture of altars, tents, and wells, Father. I pray that you will, that will impact us, Father, as we ask those questions in our lives today. Father, that you reveal to us the things that we need to change and the things that you, by your grace, um, continue to develop in our life. Now, I pray a blessing of each and every household here and online, Father, as they go into the next part of this week, Father. As they step into an unknown future, we know that you are there with us. As we step into that moment, you are there ready to receive us. And Lord, that is a great comfort. We just love that, the fact that you are there and and operate outside of time, operate around us and surround us at every step of the way. So Lord, thank you again and we just release this time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10 a.m.